0: So our brother Joe Oden, he is an evangelist extraordinaire. God is using him around the globe. He's a powerful man uh, with a great anointing. And we have a privilege of having him here. And uh, so welcome him, please. How's everybody doing today? Hey, it's excellent to be here. Thankful that uh, you're all out today. I want to just take a moment and just kind of set up what I'm going to talk about today. Um, I, was, I was talking to, to Pastor Tim last night on the way back from the airport to the hotel, and he was just sharing with me uh, his burden for fivefold ministry within the church. And uh, as an evangelist, uh, I believe the number one duty... For, for that office is to equip, ignite, empower, and mobilize the body of Christ to effectively win the lost. I really believe that um, in America today, uh, we're suffering from a, a lack of the distribution of the office of the evangelist in the local church. If there really was ever a day that the voice of the evangelist needed to be heard, it, it's today. Amen. It's this hour. It's this moment. The, the depravity of the United States of America in this hour is is really second to none. I don't. Uh, we've never been in such a a depraved place where you know we we don't need you know an an education reform. We don't need another president. We need the church to be the church, uh, and uh, and and that's not a political statement, you know, um, in any shape, form, or fashion. Uh, we we need we need an awakening. We need a move of God, and we have to uh, mobilize. and That's that's why you're here today. Um, let me let me ask you this question. How many of you, um, uh, I already know the answer, you wouldn't be here, I'll just I'll preface it. You want to share the gospel. How, how many times have you been in a situation where the how-to doesn't line up with the want-to? J- just wave at me. You, 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 you want to, but, but you're not sure exactly, exactly how to. Uh, that's, that's why in all sincerity that that I wrote this book, this workbook, is because I've never met a believer that said, you know what, I just don't care if my neighbors go to hell, if my family goes to hell, if my employer goes to hell. I I, I really just don't even care. I'm going to heaven and I'm happy. And it doesn't matter the fate of anyone else. I've never met a real Christian like that. But I've met many that that want to, but they don't know how to. And so uh, today we're going to be. Li- th- this is called empowered to share. It's a prayer, care, share approach to personal evangelism. And in the coming weeks, Pastor Tim is going to be teaching and giving you tools on how to begin to to pray for the lost. We have something called uh a my five card uh that he'll be presenting to where uh, before before we begin to care and share if we begin to pray for lost people there's no one in this room that wouldn't qualify to say i don't think that i can begin to pray for the lost let, let me give you a fresh testimony of that of, of of a prayer care share approach to personal evangelism um my my wife and I were reaching out to one of our neighbors in Dallas, Texas, uh, praying for them consistently and loving on them consistently, praying, caring, and uh, sharing with them in in relational evangelism. And um, about a month ago, I was back in Dallas. I live in Springfield, Missouri now, and I was gonna run. I was staying with my brother-in-law. He lives about two miles from my old house, so I was gonna go run in my neighborhood. So I pulled up in front of one of my neighbors' old neighbors, and and I knocked on the door, and they were just they were shocked to see me, and I didn't call or anything first, and so they brought me in. We're sitting on the back porch, and. I'd gone. I'd moved to Orlando for three months, and then to Springfield. It's a long story. And I was, I was like two minutes into sharing this real dramatically live story with them, and and she interrupted me two minutes in, and she she said, "This is crazy that you're here. This is a miracle." And how about this? She looks. She points at her husband, and she said, "I hate him." Yeah, how about that for for Saturday morning decorum? I don't like him. I can't stand him. He can't stand me. We've separated our finances. She said, all I know is divorce. I'm leaving him. All I know how to do is leave. I'm messed up. And he's in total shock. His head's down. He's like, oh my God.'" <laughs> and and uh, she says, "Oh, you're sitting there all self righteous. You know you got a bottle of alcohol in the in the house, and you know and, and 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 she says, and she's using all the terminology. She says, and I call him a blankety blank blankety blank, and he calls me a blankety blank 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 blank, and I'm, I'm like, and uh, she said we haven't talked in a week, basically." So so I get a word of knowledge and I go lay hands on her and the Spirit of the Lord touches her. They come with me to church the next day. She gets fire blasted. She's shaking under the power of God. God totally heals their marriage and everything that the devil was trying to do has come come to naught. They've been in church every Sunday and, and it it, it ended with a with power encounter. But this was an individual that the prayer-care-share approach to relational evangelism really bore fruit just recently. And that whole process is in this book. This morning, we're going to be talking about two of the sessions in here. What is the gospel And, excuse me, led by love. So, if you would like to get one of these, it's only a donation of $25. It all goes into our ministry. And it helps us. We are uh, endeavoring to start a world prayer center with the Assemblies of God that we're mobilizing 100 prayer missionaries to to move to Springfield. And we're going to pray every day for revival and awakening for four hours every morning and, and then we're going to administrate all the, all the soul winning operations we're doing in the prayer mobilization and then we're going to distribute these intercessors to regions to pray 24-7 for awakening and revival partnering with evangelists to do power encounters and power evangelism training so that, that's what we're doing right now so any any uh, donation for these books We'll go straight into our ministry. Okay, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your presence, and I ask, yep, I ask that uh, you would be with us today, and and help us as we endeavor to understand and become better soul-winning evangelists right where you've put us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, I, I want to ask you this for, for just the sake of illumination. Um, zero condemnation in any shape, form, or fashion. Uh, but uh, if, if right now at this moment, if you were at Walmart and felt to share the gospel, how many of you could comfortably articulate the, and when I say apostolic gospel, uh, this is what I mean, what Peter and Paul preached in the book of Acts to articulate to an unbeliever what the gospel is, that's the gospel. How many of you would feel comfortable in doing that? Raise your hand. Well, that's that's awesome. That is far beyond most churches, right there. Uh, yeah, it it really is. It's normally less than five percent. So, 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 put your hands back up. Let me let me see those again. Okay. So, what what is some of the points of the gospel? <coughs> i got to think about this. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll some of the points yeah, yeah, you said it. you could share You could share the gospel according to the apostolic sermons from the book of Acts. Well, I, 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 I kind of like say, um, Jesus loves you. I say things like that. that okay, okay. Saying? All right, so that's that's a great example. So I'm going to, what's your name? I'm Kathy. Kathy, thank you for raising your hand and volunteering. And, and and I say this in love. Jesus loves you is not the gospel. It's yeah. true. Oh, okay. Wow. It, it's right, but it's not the gospel. If I walk up to somebody and say Jesus loves you, oh, wow. you know what I have not done? I haven't done evangelism. I've done pre evangelism. I'm all about Kathy pre evangelism. I'm all about telling people that Jesus loves them. And and let me say this, um, uh, Paul said some plant, others water, but God brings the increase. So I, I, I say that in, I've been in situations before where I felt like God spoke to me, okay, stop right there. So someone that might be all that God wants to say to them at that particular point. Are, are you following me? Maybe, maybe they, you know, moved their boyfriend in with them, and they had a grandmother that was really religious and said, "I'm not going to talk to you ever again. You've disgraced the family, or whatever." And it was their view of a Christian, and then just a simple, nice. Representation of a believer saying Jesus loves you is it, it opens them, mm-hmm. but Jesus loves you is is not the gospel. Who, who? Wow. Yeah. I told them this just happened because I was down in West Virginia, so and I was at Walmart <laughs> and I did. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Boom, yeah. hey. It, it really happened, and I just said. Uh, now, since I said that before, she says. How many of you feel confident still that you could share the, that you know the, the, the fullness of the gospel? Okay, awesome. Go ahead. So I just uh, asked them if I could tell them about my Jesus and that he died for them, that they would receive the salvation and live eternally with him and his death, burial, and resurrection, and that's what I shared with them. Yeah. And they said yes. Excellent. Excellent. I was wearing my happy shirt, so, you know, it, it all. And then I got to tell them about that, and it was really, really awesome. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. So, I'll, I'll I'll take that where you're at. I was I was um about about ten years ago. I was speaking at a at a youth conference in Dallas. And it was a powerful night. I really I really gave a a call to repentance and. Uh, God moved. And a couple of years later, I was about to start working with a Bible school. And the president asked the head faculty over evangelism to vet me. And so he started listening to some of my sermons. And we were at, a, uh, we were at an event together in, in uh, Oakland, California. And he said, hey, Joe, when you come back, I, w- I want to chat with you. So, so I went up, sat down with him. And and he really complimented my preaching, but he said, here's what you did, Joe. You preached morals. And Buddha could have done that. And and he said, you did not preach the Gospel. He said, you put an assumption on your audience that they understood. I was was witnessing um, a couple of years ago in you know here again in Dallas, Texas again, to a to a lady in a yogurt shop, and I began to converse with her, and I I, I shared the gospel with her, and she said, you know, uh, you know, I said I, I can't remember. I'm paraphrasing, but but do you have a you know do you have a relationship with Christ? She said no. And I just said, that's a scary place to be. And she said, well, why? I, and I said, have you, you know, because of hell. And this is what she said. In the Bible belt, the diamond of the belt buckle. What's hell? She, she wasn't being sarcastic. She wasn't being... Um, obnoxious she was being sincere she'd never heard of hell and I'm. it's in the Bible Belt in Dallas, Texas so sometimes when we talk to people we cannot put an assumption especially today in our culture that they understand who Jesus is so you, the, what you shared, the cross and the resurrection, that's part of the gospel. It's not the full gospel. Wow. So you say, well, Joe, you're being, you're being a little bit tedious here. I absolutely am. I really am. Amen. And and, and I'm, not, I'm not a five-fold teacher. I'm an evangelist. But we've got to be tedious with the gospel. Amen. Yep. Because we're suffering right now, the American culture of the of the church from preaching and ministry that is not gospel centered. When when look, I'm not I'm not bus rolling anybody, but when you can watch a television program with some of the greatest uh, influential preachers of the day. And look, I, I, I'm, I'm all about uh, the word of God, encouragement, thank God for, for you know different, different philosophies of ministry, but when you preach a message where there's no gospel in it, none, and you preach on whatever the topic may be, and you get to the end. And you say, now, if you want to go to heaven, just say this prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me, come into my life, two or three lines, and then the preacher looks at millions of people over the airwaves and said, if you just said that, we believe at this church that you are saved. That is borderline, and I understand what I'm saying here, heresy. It really is borderline heresy. Can somebody get saved through that? Absolutely. God you know, God can move, you know, what what the foundation that they may have. But but you can't find where Peter and Paul ever did that. And my vanguard is not a pastor of a church or a successful, you know, itinerant minister. That's not my who I want to imitate hello, I want to imitate Peter and Paul. And when I find people that imitate them, I want to be in relationship with them for mentorship or discipleship. Are are you with me? So, one of the reasons I think that the American church is is where it's at, and, and, and I'm getting to it right here, is because we have not Thoroughly, continually, effectively, rode the horse of the gospel. But let me let me say this: There's nobody in this room that graduates from the gospel to the deeper things of God. Amen. It's not like that's the elementary piece, and then we graduate to deeper revelation. The whole Bible was a setup for the gospel in Jesus. <laughs> And the apostles continually pointed people to Jesus. Yeah. So, so the gospel is the foundation that we stand on in any and everything we do all the time. Amen. So, I want to read to you a definition of evangelism that I believe in, in my study is the best definition of evangelism that I've ever read in my life and the one that signed off on it I would say was probably the one of the best presenters of the full charismatic gospel in our lifetime and I think I don't think anybody would disagree his name was Dr. Billy Graham and we get an amen there yes. Oh, yes. yeah so so this definition came out of the Luzon Covenant the Luzon Conference in the, in the early 70s, around 2,500 evangelical leaders met together in uh, Lausanne, Amsterdam, in, 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 in uh, Holland. And John Stott was one of them. And one of the things that they did was as leaders, they came up with a definition for the body of Christ. Of the, They called it the nature of evangelism. So I'm going to read it to you. It's on page 16. To evangelize is to spread the good news that Jesus died for our sins and was raised from the dead according to the Scriptures, and that, as the reigning Lord, He now offers the forgiveness of sins and the liberating gifts of the Spirit to all who repent and believe. Our Christian presence in the world is indispensable to evangelism. And so is that kind of dialogue whose purpose is to listen sensitively in order to understand. But evangelism itself is the proclamation of the historical biblical Christ as Savior and Lord, with a view to persuading people to become to Him personally and also be reconciled to God. In issuing the gospel invitation, we have no liberty to conceal the cost of discipleship. Jesus still calls all who would follow Him to deny themselves, take up their cross, and identify themselves with this new community, with His new community. The results of evangelism include obedience to Christ, incorporation into His church, and responsible service in the world. That is what it is to do evangelism. So before before I really get into some content... I again want to say I really really want you to hear me because I don't want I don't want anybody to get discouraged. I don't want anyone to think what I've been doing was bad. I don't want anything anybody to think well I failed in this area because a lot of times people do pre-evangelism and they call it evangelism but there's nothing wrong with pre-evangelism. Hello. Amen. Like, like we're going to send people out today to go to laundromats to help people pay for their laundry to connect with them. And if you don't share the full Gospel with them when you're connecting with them, you're giving them a, a, just a, a bump with somebody that's a real Christian. So pre-evangelism is not bad. I, pr- I felt led to pray for people and not that I'm not willing to, I will feel at times, you know, just just stop right there, Joe. Some plant. How, let, let me ask you this: How many of you got saved the very first time, the very first time that you ever heard the gospel? Raise your hand. Nobody's hand has gone up. What, what does that tell you? Some plant. Yeah. Others water. Let me let me say this. Let me say this: When we think of evangelism, oftentimes we celebrate a story like I just shared with the with the with the girl messed up. Now she's shaking under the power, and uh, she texted me the other day saying she wants to go to Bible college. <laughs> you know, I mean, she just got radically rocked and saved, and we celebrate that. You know what we 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 need to do again? We need to celebrate... Let, 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 me, let me share this story with I'll give you some context here. I was in, um, I think, Northamptons, um, Massachusetts. The birthplace of the first Great Awakening. And the church I was working with... Now, I, I, it's the last time I've ever done this. I... I, I just straight up street preaching. I can't hardly remember a church wanting me to just come and teach them how to street preach. Thank God Pastor Tim didn't ask me to come do that. And all of y'all said amen. And, 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 and so I'm like, do you understand what street preaching is? Yeah, yeah. So you want me to teach you how to yell on the corner? Yeah, well, that's what we want to do. So I'm like, okay. I mean, it's just the gospel. You know, Yell, let's it's, shout the gospel. I'm down. So they said, we want to go do it in, in Northampton's and right outside of where Jonathan Edwards first preached. So I said, that sounds like a great idea. So we go there, and when we walked in, I'm speaking to to one of the former associate pastors of the church, and she's a total pluralist. She totally believes that Jesus is not the only way to heaven, and believes in many ways to heaven, doesn't believe in repentance, and she says this, folks. Now this is a guy, this is a hero in the evangelical world. She said, we fired him. That church fired Jonathan Edwards. And so I'm trying to give her some slack, and I said, well, everybody makes a bad decision. She said, we don't think it was a bad decision in any shape, form, or fashion. So she was boasting about Firing Jonathan Edwards. <clears throat> so I'm like, okay, I just want to see the church at this point. <laughs> so they let me in the church. It's beautiful architecture. I'm, I'm kind of doing a panoramic. And in the back, I see a gay flag hanging. Oh, wow. now, now, this is the first great awakening. Has gone totally, unequivocally Liberal. So I'm walking outside of the church and I see engraved on their sign, we're a gay affirming church. Let me just preface this. I've done more outreach than most people that I know to people that are in the LGBT community. I believe that we should be reaching people no matter what kind of lifestyle they're in. Amen. I believe that the body of Christ should be welcoming to Muslim, Buddhist, people there and get whatever it may be. We need to be showing the love of Christ and, uh, you know, so so, uh, there's a difference between reaching, loving, touching, opening, and affirming. Affirming is straight out of hell. You know, forgive my bluntness. We cannot affirm, you know, I'd like to... That would be akin, you know, as far as sin, you know, I affirm murder, I affirm X, I, you know, we can't affirm. And so I'm I'm provoked at that point. So I'm like, this church, I, I'm, I'm just thinking, what would Jonathan Edwards say if he came back? He would just, you know, and John Wesley and George Whitefield. These were the guys that ran together in that great awakening. So they said that, Somebody said there was an X on the front of the church on the steps and they said that might have been where he first preached the message "Sinners in the hands of an angry God. Mm -hmm. So I stood up on that X and I started preaching. I mean, just the full gospel, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I love to start out when I'm street preaching. This is my line that I start out with. I mean, it's a good one. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And, and, you know, that's not something people hear every day, you know. So, I mean, I'm bustering it. And, and so, I, I, there was about a thousand people that walked by that day. A demon manifested in the street. It was great. I was, I was charged. Hallelujah. Let me say this. How many got saved? Nobody. How many people did y'all pray for? A few. We got in the car, and the youth pastor said... Man, that was terrible. So I just slapped him. Bow. No, I didn't do that. I helped him. I helped him. See, he had a false dichotomy of what it was to be successful. I can't make it grow. I want to be a seed distributor. Just just sowing seed. Yeah. and how many, how many people do we have any gardeners or farmers in the room just wave at me Any farmer? a couple of you find me a farmer that would say planting in this season is not important <laughs> find me one find me one that would say the only thing that matters is harvest find me one. But that's how we operate in the church a lot of times. We like these grandiose stories and we celebrate. Hey, look, we've got to celebrate the grandmother that's baking some brownies and taking them to their neighbor and connecting for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we've got to change our dichotomy on what we view as successful and unsuccessful. Can I get an amen, amen. in Roseville. So so I've given you the definition one of the reasons whenever you whenever you share the gospel here we go this is Paul's message in Athens to um of the gospel, in, excuse me, in Acts 13. And so, I want to read to you Acts 13, 22 and 23. <clears throat> after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God brought to Israel the Savior Jesus, as he promised. Okay, you know... You know, this is this is a church here I mean I wouldn't say this witnessing to somebody but you know people that think well the Old Testament's the past and uh-huh. nah, it's, it's crazy. The Apostle Paul is standing on the Old Testament as evidence and foundational uh, posture for what he's about to preach Amen. he's saying now, now now here's the point here's the point. He's saying the Messiah is Lord. He's saying that Jesus Christ is a king. And they understood that in that dispensation of time. They understood what a monarchy was. They understood who Caesar was. And Paul is telling them to enter into the kingdom, you've got to submit to the king. And in our culture today... I mean, people, people don't want to submit to their parents. Right, right. People don't want to listen to their pastor. We, we, we've gotten, people don't want to listen to their teacher in school. I, I, I mean, when I was in school, people didn't get up and punch their teacher in the face. <clears throat> you, you know, people, people don't want to listen to authority. Now people don't even want to listen to the police. <laughs> So the fabric of our culture is, is unraveling and so we are losing, so I'm just saying this culturally, you know, I, I'll probably, I might not communicate this in other cultures where this is not taking place, there's still cultures in the world that honor their parents, that honor their teacher, that honor the police. You know, that honor those in authority. But in America, we're, we're unraveling. So we got to communicate what a Lord is. Hello. Because people don't have a context for that. To come into Christianity, you have to submit your life and your will and your purpose to Jesus. You die. And, and I, you know, we're, we're talking about evangelism, but that's where we can swerve left when 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 this is not articulated you know look i'm about i'm all about you know seeing the glass half full kind of a life amen but we got to know that jesus is lord we're preaching all this fluff and we need to communicate once again that the church is a part of a kingdom that has a king, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he calls the shots. And we have to submit to him. So, when you look at Paul's sermons and Peter's sermons, they talk about that. And to share the gospel for somebody to get saved, they got to understand that. When they don't understand that, you know what we do? That's a key point. When they don't understand lordship, you know what we do? We give them like a polio vaccine. I'm not going to talk about the controversial other vaccine. I'm not even going. That's not what I'm doing. I might have to take this, this part out of my, my uh, deal. But a, a, a polio vaccine, they don't give you polio. They give you something akin to it so when the real thing hits you, you're inoculated to it. So when you preach a gospel that doesn't have lordship, when lordship comes along, they've already been inoculated and said, I got that. You follow me? So it's a point we've got to articulate that we cannot leave out if we're going to lead someone to Christ. Can I, can I get an amen here? Amen. Amen. The, 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 the second point of the Gospel is Jesus died on a cross. Although they found in Him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed, and when they carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. Jesus Christ died on a cross. We have to communicate that. Why did he die? Book of Romans, Romans three says, "For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God." There's none righteous, not even one. So we deserve hell. And someone had to pay the price. Therefore, Jesus died on a cross. And a great book on the cross is by John Stock called The Cross. Um, You know, Jesus wasn't just a little bloody with a nice linen cloth on. The Bible says they totally stripped Him of His clothes. Utterly humiliated Him. They beat him to the point where some theologians say that his organs were exposed. Wow. Such a severe beating. And, and, it, and, and he was beaten by Roman soldiers. Big, brute Roman soldiers and it was two or three of them. And the reason it was two or three is when one would hit him, he'd hit him with all of his force, step back, recuperate, Let the other individual hit him, so that when he hit him again, it would be with 100% of his strength. Not 90%, not 85%. It wasn't this quick beating. You know, by the time he got to the 25th hit and on, it wasn't as strong. No, every strike had the uttermost affliction and pain that it brought with it. Most people were hung about that high off the cross. Some say Jesus was higher, but the reason it was this high is so the dogs could eat on the flesh. Mm. Utter humiliating in an honor-based, we're not even going to go there, but in an honor-based society, uh, it, was, it, was the, it, was the, it was the utmost shame. Mm. The splinter's in his back. He didn't bleed to death, he suffocated to death. Yeah. It was brutal torture. Jesus Christ went through that for our sin so so when you know when somebody says i heard ron harbonke say this one time to say sin's not a big deal then why did jesus christ step out of heaven and shed his blood and die sin is a big deal yes it is jesus died for our sin we've got to communicate that we say well everybody knows everybody doesn't know that no they don't you know just poll people what jesus do for you and see what they say And especially young people today. They don't know. We've got to communicate it. It's a seed. It is a seed that we sow that we might not see them get saved at that very moment like none of you got saved the very first time you heard about God. You are sowing a seed. Hallelujah to Jesus. That you will be a part of their salvation encounter we've got to preach the cross Acts 13 30-37 articulates to us that Jesus was raised from the dead we can't leave him on the cross he died I don't care what a biology teacher says I don't care what the highest IQ acumen of Harvard University says Jesus Christ was dead in a tomb he wasn't breathing. His body lay lifeless. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead. We don't graduate from this. And we've got, it's got to be continually on our lips. God raised him from the dead. He got up and he walked around Jerusalem. Without the resurrection of the dead, there is no salvation. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. So this is this is that's point number three. He's Lord, prophesied by the Old Testament Messiah, fulfillment of prophetic prophecy. He died for our sins on the cross, and on the third day, he was raised from the dead. Point number four. You, 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 see, you see, Paul did this. Peter Peter did this in in Acts 2, turn from your wickedness. Paul with King Agrippa said, I I, I wish that all of you would get saved. A call for repentance. Paul does this in Acts 13. He calls for repentance. Look, you know, personally, if, if I'm talking to Mike and we're in a dialogue, and Mike expresses, you know, I'm living with my girlfriend. Now, I'm not... Now, now, you know, you say, well, we don't want to clean the fish before we catch them. Right? You ever heard that? <laughs> we don't want to clean the fish. And I agree with that. I agree with that. There's a process of sanctification. But I've got to communicate to Mike in good conscience. I've got to say, Mike, look. This is a commitment. You're making Him Lord. You can't continue to live with your girlfriend and think everything's okay. I'm not, Mike, I'm not going to lead you to Christ right now. I'm not going to give you a false sense of security until you've made up your mind to turn from your sin. It doesn't mean you've turned to perfection. It doesn't mean that you're never going to sin again. But there's a difference between sinning and habitually walking in sin. And so we've got to call people to repentance. I mean, what did John the Baptist do? And what did, what did Jesus say? You, you know, uh, we, we, we need that, that spirit today. Nathan and, and David. You know, David was called out by Nathan according to his sin. We can do it in a gracious way. Hello. I've got some people that my wife and I were close to, some family, some family members. Her her direct line of kin. And when I came into the family, I didn't come in as Joe the evangelist, I'm gonna get everybody saved, and we're gonna have Christmas dinner, bless God, and I'm gonna give you, and you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. And when I felt it was time, her her brother, when I felt it was time, I shared with him twice in 10 years. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, go, go over there today and share the gospel with him. Mm-hmm. And so I called him. He didn't come over. I called him again, texted him. I texted him, called him three or four times. My wife called him three or four times that day. I said, you text him again. You tell him I'm coming to his house right now. <laughs> I'm getting in the car. I'm going to go and open his door and I'm going to talk to him today, right now. So they came over. <laughs> And, and I got on my knees in front of them in, in, in a broken way. I said, you're going to hell? You're going to hell? You're leading all your kids to hell? If you keep doing this, you, your, your daughter's going to get pregnant? Uh, ma'am, you know, I'm not calling her a name, but I said, you, you dress like a devil? You, you cause men to lust? And your provocativeness... Grieves the Lord, and I and I go off on him, and uh, they came to church the next Sunday. They got right with God. Amen. Amen. And they've been in church basically every Sunday since. The truth set them free. And they didn't get mad at me. They needed somebody to tell them that. Yep. Amen. And it wasn't done in this half-cock, you know angry eyed evangelist you know with his finger pointing I got on my knees so they could see the humility Mm -hmm. and my brokenness and my care that I was sharing with them not because I needed you know to to go off on somebody but because they were in jeopardy and they needed a lifeline Mm -hmm. and so you can tell somebody they're going to hell in love and some would say, well, well, well Joe, now, no, come on, man, that is a fear tactic right there. Okay, that's a fear tactic. You know, what I teach my kids, don't touch the oven. You know what my wife did with my five-year-old? He's, he's, he's a trip. <laughs> so we got, you know, we, we've got a new house in our move, and and, and we have a, a it's a bi-level, two levels, and and on this on on the bait in the basement, I guess, is what. What you call it? There's a fireplace, and 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 she's like, "Don't touch that fireplace, because you know, God only knows he'll throw a book in it." You know, who knows what this guy would do? And so she pulls out. She pulls out. She says, "You know what happens to people that mess with fires?" And she had a guy that had his face burn off. And and, and he says, "Look, you want that?" To, and then so he he backed off. He don't go in the room with the fireplace anymore. He's like, "Anti-fire," you know post-traumatic stress is good not post-traumatic stress syndrome PTSD Um, it's detrimental but I have a healthy fear I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch a hot stove when we cook something and it's 400 degrees when I open the how many of you when something's hot in the oven you are cautious you get the right glove I mean, you just don't slam your hand in there. You're yeah. not just all over the place on the phone. Yeah, bring me a, some donuts and a cat. No, no, you're not. I mean, the phone's yeah. down. Hello, right? yeah Can yeah. I get a witness here? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're looking. You're intent. When I stick my hand in that hot oven, it's precise. Yeah. Why? Because I have a healthy fear. Because I don't want to get burned. Mm-hmm. So if somebody doesn't know Christ. Shouldn't they be afraid? Three of them. I would say unequivocally, absolutely, they need to have a fear. And so it's not a fear tactic. It's a reality. Is a doctor trying to use a fear tactic for somebody that lays out in the sun four hours every day in Florida? No, he's saying, look, there could be consequences for this. So... We, we we can do it in love, but as but as Graham said, we have no right to disclose, to hold back, to not communicate the full reality of the gospel and what it is to be a disciple. Now I, lo- I love this, I love point number five. Acts thirteen thirty-eight through 39. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you are not able to attain under the law of Moses. When he meets with King Agrippa, he says, King, I don't want just you to get saved. I want everybody to get saved. L- listen to what I'm about to say. He calls for a response. Hello? He says, Okay, now choose. Choose. Well, I'm not ready to choose. Well, you've chosen. That's right. You've chosen. Come on now. You you can't just let people slide right off. Well, if you don't want to make a choice, if you stood before to God today, God would declare your choice was made. Amen. Mm. Why, Why do you do that, Joe? You're just trying to put a little... I'm trying to communicate to them. Hear what I'm about to say. Sobriety. Sobriety. They need to be sobered mentally and spiritually as to what they're walking into. So you call for a response. Well, I'm not ready to make the the choice today. Well, that's that's okay. Hey, I appreciate your honesty, and thank you for not just doing what you think that I might want you to do to get to to get me down the road. Uh, but you're not ready to make a choice today is a choice. But I pray, you, you know that. God will continue to speak to you and move on you, so so uh, uh, really a, a a call to response, and and point number point number six I, I've just thrown that in there for you know um, for individuals that that need this that may believe, you know, I got saved and just I'm under grace and I'm just predestined for heaven and I can just, you know, God knows my heart and just live however you want to. Um, the, the word believes in Acts thirteen thirty nine 39 uh, speaks to ongoing repentance. It means to really put your faith in God. You live a life of repentance. You live a holy life. You live a sanctified life that it's not just any way that you want. So, so guys, you, you know, um, I believe what I have articulated to you today is the most important message in the entirety of the Bible. The most important message. That's why every one of you are here today, is because at some point, you received that message. And, you know, um, I I talk to people a lot, well, you know, discipleship, evangelism, well, well, I got one for you. You haven't really become a disciple fully, and I say this, in the love of God, until you can fully communicate the gospel. You've got to be able to articulate the message. I mean, come on. If a Ford salesman is selling F 150s, if he doesn't know what's in the motor, he's not going to last long. Yeah. They've got to know how to articulate what they're presenting. And we're not, we're not salesmen, we're evangelists. We're all, Paul told Timothy, nobody's excluded. Sorry, I'll do the work of the evangelist. <laughs> There's no, you know, special gifting. We're all to do that work. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we're gonna we're gonna we'll we'll take a a, a quick break. But are there any questions? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. I have a question. Earlier, you asked if anybody to uh, know how to do the gospel, the true gospel. When I go out, I take the cards from the pastor, you know, the church cards. Yeah. And I'll just say, uh, do you have a church home? And then I had a card. Absolutely. Yeah, amen. And some of them will say, oh, I don't want that. Yeah. They already have a church home. And I said, well, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. And then right that, after that, I'm, I'm through. <laughs> hey, thank you for doing that. <laughs> that That is more than, than many people do. But I think, I think you're here today, and God is saying to you and everyone else, let's go to the next level. Let's, let's celebrate the cards given out, but let's go to the next level and begin to start con- gospel conversations. You know, you know a way you could, what's your name? Willie? Willie. Well way you could do that, do you have a home church? No. Well, here's ours. Let me ask you this, Monica. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? So there's, there's another question that you can ask to open the realm for a deeper conversation. And as, so at that moment, do you know Jesus will know... Let me tell you right now what the Bible says. The Bible, no, it's not, you you know, that's, you know, we got this in our mind. You never, so, so, so Monica, you weren't raised in church or, you know, have you ever, have you ever watched, uh, you know, whatever organically, you know, because people say, you know, when I, when I'm reaching people, it's organic. It's not just a push button. Now the gospel is set. But how I talk to people, each person is different. I'm going to talk to a religious Jew differently than the guy on the plane that's getting slapped drunk next to me. You know, there's going to be a different method that's going to that's going to take place. I'm not going to start out with a religious Jew. So you don't believe Jesus died on the cross, huh? You know, so... You know, so... I'm probably not going to use that approach. so it's it's organic with everyone, and we'll we'll talk about this some next. but but here's the deal. We just got to start conversations. We just got to start conversations, yes, ma'am. I would, I would agree, and disagree, because you can do it quick. You, you don't have to do the forty-five minute presentation. Now, here's here's what I do. Here's here's what I do. When when I engage with someone, I use my testimony. Amen. I use my testimony, and. I will share with them, you know, because this, our story is great. And, in, and in, in the last chapter, I teach you how to share write your testimony out. I just say, you know what, I, uh, you know, I mean, my testimony can be as long or as short, but short version, you know, I was bound by drugs. I couldn't get off of it. I can't tell you how many rehabs I went to. I was court ordered by the law to go to church. And I walked in and something different was in the atmosphere. That was the night I put my faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. I was living my own life, but that night I declared that He was Lord of my life. I confessed my sins. I put my faith that He died on the cross and rose from the dead. I turned from my sin and I gave my life to Him. And my life has been changed ever since. So that was one minute. Now, it wasn't as, as, as broad, but that's a seed. And God can use that. That is the content of the gospel. So, there you go. Yes, ma'am. We also have to remember what the Word of God says. It says that God's plan is His Word. Yes. We don't know that person is that. In that planting the seed. Correct. That's it. That's right. Yes, sir. Do you think the... Uh... Traditional way a lot of people accept uh, the gospel. The Romans grow You're familiar with the Oh, road. yeah. Do you think that's sufficient? Absolutely it's sufficient. Absolutely. I think that any method someone uses... You know, I, I think in our culture today... What, what's your name? Phil. Phil. I think in our culture today, we're so used to cutting edge, new, fresh... What's the new shock technology? What's going to be the new expression? I go back to Romans 1.16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So it doesn't matter if you say it in a soft voice, a loud voice, a calm voice, an excited voice. If you say it meekly or boldly, you've got to share the word of God. So... You know, I would say a, 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 a method where you bring the Bible to the door and you've got the Bible and you say, you know, and I'm not trying to be funny, but now let me share the Word of God with you. You know, yeah, that, that would be probably wouldn't work so well. Because you're preaching to convince, not inspire. That might be a, that might be a thought or, or people just, you know, just this is yeah. religion. I don't want religion, you know, right now. Um, and, and a more natural way in conversation to, to share it. But we've got to share the Word. We can't get away... When you say Romans Road, you know, when I wrote my first book on evangelism, I had those thoughts, Bill. But I couldn't get away from the theology of the Gospel. I, had, I came right back to the Romans Road. Because that is our foundation. And we cannot get off that that path. So, in the in in maybe the presentation of it, you know, the message never changes. Methods can change, the message never does. So, in the presentation of the method, you know, there can be better ways. But just, just let me say this, and we're going to take a break so I can do the next session. But. I want to say this, as, as good, you know, I mean, I'll shine my own shoes, I don't care, this is a great teaching right here, I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, I believe in it, um, however, as 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 sound as this is, you know how you really learn? By talking to somebody. Yes. 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 I mean, this is, you've got to have this, this is 15, 20%, but you'll develop your own method, like, I, I like to ask people, have you ever felt the power of God? That's not everybody's flow. You know, that's not going to work for everybody in here. So you really develop, you know, you know, I could bring, I could bring, this could be a screen television, and I could bring the best welder in the United States of America in here. They could teach us on welding. And then we could watch a video on the best welder in the world. But you know how you learn how to weld? You burn your hand one yes. time. Yes, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <do> that <laughs> didn't work too well. So so you you learn, you know, the you know Michael Jordan didn't learn how to play basketball by watching tutor vi- videos. You know, that's right. He did it by playing. He got cut as freshman, sophomore, and junior year in high school. <clears throat> so he learned by doing. Yep. And so. For us to really, to really get this, we got to do it. And what's the worst that can happen? Somebody says you're a moron. Okay, I got called a moron today. You know, that's it. What What can happen? You get, you get unfriended from somebody in Facebook. Oh God, stop the world. You know, go to Twitter and Elon Musk. I don't know. All right, let's let's take a break.